BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. I've been wearing their demi bra literally every day this week. It is so comfortable and looks great underneath all different styles of clothing. It's available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's that's 43 sizes in 22 different styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all in the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Welcome back, Happy Hour listeners. Another Tuesday with you all and another Tuesday with my girl, Rachel. And we're so happy to be back chatting. We have a very special guest that we're going to have on today. And I'm not going to do the honors because this is our girl, Rachel's find. And so, Rachel, I'm going to give you a little drum roll because I know how excited you are. Save that drum roll for our guest because that's our Happy Hour listeners. We have a real treat for you today. For the first time ever, we have a Bachelor and Bravo crossover here. Uh, We have someone that I discovered during the pandemic. Now, he is the only friend that I made during this quarantine. We clicked from the moment his voice hit my ears. It was love at first housewife. He hosts a show called Everything Iconic, named appropriately, not just for the iconic guests that come on the show, but because the uh, because of the icon hosting the show, ladies and gentlemen, Danny Pellegrino. Well, Danny, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Well, we are very honored and Love excited to have you on. Yes, Rachel's been talking about this for honestly for forever, so we are thrilled to be having you today. And let me awesome. just tell you, technically, we shouldn't have him on here because he's our competitor. We battle it out every okay, but barely, week for barely top. a competitor. I actually have a bone to pick with both of you because you're always a, a top me. Um, so, you know what was putting you back on top was those bachelor recaps. I know they were. You know they were doing good, but I got uh, I got too claustrophobic at La Quinta Inn. I just couldn't. It was too much I couldn't for me. handle it. Couldn't, couldn't handle, handle the bubble. <laughs> okay, Danny. Before we begin, so I've been catching up on your podcast, and this is something that I've told Rachel this before, because my neighbor and I both agreed that we've always said Rachel has such a soothing, just incredible voice. And after listening to you on your podcast, I'm like, damn, Danny has a like really soothing great Thank calming you. voice too i'm like in the presence of these like you guys need to do voiceovers we should do an asmr thing or something like a, <laughs> yeah i'm like, like eating popcorn or something i sort um, of get offended that not by you rebecca but people will dm me and they'll be like i listen to you before a, as i go to sleep or the this past week i got a, a dm somebody told me i need to stop playing sound effects because they use my show to fall asleep to and the sound effect was like waking them up and i'm like Screw you. Like, <laughs> why are you listening to me to go to sleep? Okay. Well, you know, you can always I, do like the <laughs> meditation before bed. Have people pay for your app. Rachel, <laughs> she listens to me to sleep. I am too. an avid everything iconic listener. Like, I know when they come out, I, lo- I get excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot it was Sunday. And then they come early. I- I'm telling you, I'm an avid listener, but I listen to old episodes sometimes. Like back, like 2018, to go to sleep. 
So I actually understand this. Don't take offense to it. You're, you're, no, I get it. Calming. I mean, I get it. I it's get a it. beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the new sound effects, by the way. Oh, thank just you. Saying. Thank you. I mean, they're fun for, you know how it is. It's like, you just got to do something to entertain you at a certain point. You know, it's like, oh, I just, absolutely. I just got to spice it up for me. <laughs> Which, okay. <laughs> since you said that, let, let's, let's, let me ask you this question. It's talking about spicing things up and things getting a little stale. We are both, and, and we're, we're pulling Becca in, which I have a question about this as well with Real Housewives or just Bravo in general. This, we just celebrated a 15, 15 year, 15 year anniversary of Housewives since its inception. I personally feel like Housewives has already peaked. Yeah, totally. I feel like it hit its moment and now we're on the downward slope. Do you feel this way? And if so, like, what is it that we can do to bring it back? Yeah, you know, I think we are on a downward spiral with it. I think, though, there will still be moments. That's what I think is beautiful about this. I mean, every so often, even within the past six months or so, there'll be these moments like the Erica Girardi stuff or or, or something that sort of sparks our interest again. And I think that will always happen with these women as long as they continue to ca- cast these dynamic women or other dynamic women. So I think... Uh, I think there'll always be moments, but something with social media, I think, changed changed quite a bit, and and the um, sort of community aspect of watching these shows, I think, changed the the game a little bit too. Because now we watch and we follow them along on social media too, and so we know a little bit too much about them sometimes. So as as much fun as those moments are when there's a big breaking news story with like Erica Girardi or something like that. I, I think um, in the actual watching of the shows, it's like we've almost seen the relationships already play out. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. When do you both feel like it's reached its peak? Like, is there a, a series or a city or an episode, Rachel, that makes you say that? I can't think of a particular moment, but I would say maybe it's when, like, I'll use OC for an example. OC has fallen off in such a way and they've gotten rid of, or people have left key mm-hmm. people that really brought a lot to the show. And there was this synergy of the, with the women, you felt like they were genuine friends and they probably hung out outside of this and the arguments were real. And now you have all these randos, sorry, you know, like nothing personal to the women that it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, and I feel like that's when, it's going down. Like, does it feel to, too disconnected? Like you, maybe OC Danny playing into like you know too much of them from their real lives through social media, where you're like they're not actually hanging out, or this isn't actually a storyline in their real life type of thing. Yeah, as much as we know that the whole uh, artifice of this TV show is they're putting people together that uh, that wouldn't ordinarily be friends, there still has to be some believability that some of the women would be natural friends. And so I think with Orange County specifically, it's like none of them actually feel like they would be friends in real life, um, even within those parameters. It's like I can't even suspend my disbelief to feel like Shannon would ever be friends with uh, uh, Kelly Dodd or, or Gina. Like it just wouldn't you can tell and and they they're not uh, good actors to to prove us wrong my peak <laughs> personally was the new york uh the boat trip where they the boat almost capsized and it was sort of this oh. like w- beautiful peak of of that social media stuff like we had heard about this boat almost capsizing and all of this stuff was playing out in page six so we were excited about the episode then the episode was even better than sort of what was played out i think in the press uh, and then there was a bunch of other stuff going on at that time in the show. There was this great uh, character uh, or this great friendship struggle between Bethany and Carol. And then there was a lot of comedy of like these women also, I mean, I hate to laugh at, but they also got like parasites on the trip. And so they all were like going to the bathroom uh, at Ramona random. shit on the floor. Was it Ramona who shit on the floor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, Luann shit on the floor or the bed and then Ramona shit on the floor or the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Like this really happened. <laughs> this sounds like yeah. a guy from my season. <laughs> oh man! Someone pooped on the floor in your season. Well, <laughs> rumor has it that um, a guy named Lincoln. Do you remember Lincoln? He was one of the guys that yeah. I met early. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of other stuff out there, you know, circulating too. But um, that was that was he maybe that was himself? maybe that Worst was the spinoff for Real Housewives, and that's where they got the the, the content, the material. Who knows? Well, the original poop girl was 
Flavor Flav, if we're really <laughs> right, going into right. history, reality TV history, <laughs> who pooped on the floor. If you could be any housewife for a day, who would you be and why? I mean, I don't know that I'd love to do that, but I, I would love to hop into New York. I mean, we talk about oh, New York and I just would love to kind of be around for one of those filmings because I do think they're all big characters and they're, they make me laugh so much. So I would just kind of like to observe. Uh, I don't know that I could hang with them. Like I'm not good with confrontation. So I would immediately like retreat if anyone was coming after me or like, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm not good with that. And sometimes on my show, like when I have a housewife on or I'll notice how they're, the, how they play into those stereotypes of like wanting to argue or feud. And I'm like, this is not comfortable for me or um, I can sense that. And so I would run from any of that. Um, but I would like to be in New York to just see it. I wish I could. So I have been approached to be on, on a housewives franchise. Dallas, Dallas and Miami and Miami recently. The Miami, new Miami? Yes. They, they like different from different people, they've been like, hey, are you guys interested in this? I'm like, no, we don't even live in Miami anymore. I could never oh, be a part of been it. Great. But I love confrontation. So I would lit like I'm watching and I'm like, ooh, if I could just like get there and I have a, a thing or two to say to this one. I really if I could like step outside of my body and and be a part of a franchise, I totally would. But yeah. I can't, I can't do it. You could I, could you ever do like a little guest appearance for a couple a episodes? Of. I would totally be a friend of. Right. Yeah. But I but the right franchise. Potomac, I'm excited about the Miami reboot because I, I know those the producers over there. And I think it's everything I hear, I think it's gonna be really, really great. And uh, I'm excited. I would want to be like more of a talking head. I have a fantasy of just like I don't want to be in the mix. I just want to be able to like be in the talking head and comment on all the absurdity, which is mm-hmm. sort of what I guess I do on my show anyway. But um, I think that would be really fun. And I always think like like Bethany was really great at giving a good confessional line. There's mm-hmm. certain housewife Nini's really great at a confessional. Like she just would step in uh, in front of that camera and was always so funny and always gave great sound bites. I would like to do that. Are there any cities that you think would be great to add to the franchise? Like I've told Rachel this before because I go down to Coronado quite a bit and I'm like, damn, I can't believe there's not a real Housewives of Coronado because every time I'm down there, like there is drama going on with like the Navy wives and like the school moms and everyone's just like really rich to begin with to be able to live on the island. So I would personally love to see a Real Housewives of Coronado, but are there any cities that you feel like we're missing at this point that could be great? Coronado would be really fun. And I always say, I wish Orange County, like we've said, has been on the decline. It's like not great. I wish they would just kind of pivot away from Orange County and do something, the same production company, just moving over to Coronado or San Diego or something like that, Mm -hmm. like in the area. Um, I also think Vegas, I've been saying a lot, like... I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. So I would love like a Cleveland, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I think a Vegas, the showgirl culture and sort of Mm -hmm. like the seedy underbelly of Vegas would be really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, that's like sort of uh, New Orleans, I think would be really cool too. I think there's like a, you know, any place that has like a really distinct culture, I think would be good. But, but Vegas, I love a Vegas set show in general. And I think uh, the showgirl kind of, that world has always been fascinating to me. I'm surprised you didn't say Chicago. I would love Chicago too. I mean, I, yeah, I'm a Midwest boy. I would love Chicago. Yeah. And I, I understand they've like maybe tested some shows and they've tried some stuff there that that hasn't really worked. You know, I, I watch Summer House a lot too. There's this guy from Minnesota on there and this, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, he was uh, getting in a fight with another cast member and his insult, like this big insult that he hurled at this other guy was like, I don't like you. And I was just thinking that's like so Becca, Midwest. <laughs> She's from Minnesota. From she Minnesota would say too. <laughs> I was like, that was like the meanest thing he could think of was, I don't, I don't like, like you. you. That would be me like getting in a fight with somebody. I'd be like, well, you really suck, but your casserole's great. <laughs> that would be, a, that's I feel like what would be Midwest Housewives, which would yeah. be fun in its own sort of world too. But We could do like a mid, uh, a real housewives like Fargo or something, if you will. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I always, I'd watch any city. I, I exactly. I always say Becca needs a little of me, and I need a little of Becca. You know? Rachel, how you met with the two cities you mentioned? Like, did you have extensive meetings? Was it a phone call? Like, what was it? No, 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 no. They someone approached me. Like a manager of someone was like, "Hey, they're interested in you." Someone else's friend was in casting and they're like, they're interested. And I, I immediately am like, no. For Dallas, though, 
um, they came to me, they messaged me or, or emailed me. And I was like, um, this person would be great. I think I sent them Alexis. And then Alexis oh. sent them to my older sister. So my older sister actually started kind of going through it. Um, she listens to your podcast too. And so she saw the list of questions. And the questions that they ask you are like, what do you and your husband argue over? And I immediately was like, absolutely not. This could never be me. Because this is what I tell people about the difference between The Bachelor and Housewives. The Bachelor, you know me in that world, living in that house with those people. You don't know what car I drive the friends I hang with, what the in, inner workings of my life are. And I like the separation. Mm-hmm. If I could just pop up as a friend for conflict, I'd totally be in. Right. If, if Beverly Hills calls his friend of Garcelle, I'm in. Oh I my God, tell please. Garcelle that. Yeah, Garcelle, tell, are you friends with Garcelle? Make it yes. happen. <laughs> um, the yeah. interesting thing about Bachelor 2 is it's one season versus Housewives. Usually these women are with us for at least like two seasons usually. I think 80% of the Housewives make it past their first season. So... Uh, the whole uh, idea of The Real Housewives, it's like the people are built up to kind of make you question how you feel about them. So they want you to fall in love with someone. And then to make good TV, they want you to make the audience question uh, mm-hmm. how you feel about that person. So over the course of these seasons, it's like no one, very rarely does someone go unscathed. Because if you fall in love with them and they get a really good editor, if they're really beloved by the audience, then to make good TV, they're going to make the audience question, do I love that person? Wait, maybe I'm turning Mm -hmm. on that person. That's how they're keeping us interested. So I think uh, it's impossible to kind of go through it as a fan favorite or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys know... Okay, so Danny, when we filmed The the Bachelor and Bachelorette, for the most part, everything's in real time. Like during the days... You're going on the dates. You're in the house with all the contestants or with the lead. You're constantly being pulled for interviews. So it's all pretty much real time. But I've heard, and I could be wrong, but like Housewives, even like Kardashians, other reality shows like that, it's all filmed, but then they go back for like their interviews. And do they make it feel like it's in real time, but they're really being questioned like all after the filming's done, like weeks or months later? I think it depends on each franchise is produced by a different production company. So I think some of them do like smaller interviews throughout the season and then other Mm -hmm. ones maybe do like a full day um, and they just maybe do like two full days or something. I I don't know the exact details of it. But you know what's interesting talking about those interviews is I was just reading about the world of The Bachelor and uh, I, I don't know where this interview was, but they were saying like for the bachelor or bachelorette interviews, people are asked the same question over and over again. So you eventually just snap. Is that a thing? I don't remember that. I'm going to be honest during the bachelor. I was probably lit in 95% of my interviews. (laughs) Same. Like, like (laughs) legit. Now they didn't even have to ask you a bunch of times. What do you want to know? (laughs) You know what they'll do though is like, I mean, they're always kind of asking you the same series of questions to get to how you feel your emotions about a certain person. And for the men who go along longer, they're going to keep asking you kind of similar questions to see where you started with in your relationship with this person versus like where you ended up to get the storyline. But they'll, I never felt like they repeated the same thing over and over to the point where, I, I mean, and maybe it's also too because I was like Rachel when I was on on The Bachelor, I was just like, you know, drinking wine like it was my job because that's all we really could do, <laughs> just wasting time. Um, yeah, but maybe for some other people, I don't know. Everyone has such a different experience from it. But I hear that's how it happens for the housewives. I hear the housewives, they just, especially when they have those long days of interviews, they just like keep, and you see it, like you see them grabbing their drink, but I hear like they keep feeding it over and over to them. And I think at a certain point, you would just be like, okay, what do you want from me? Like, what do you want me to say? That's mm-hmm. how I would be. What I don't know that reaction? to be fact. But like, what, do you, what are you looking for right now in this moment? I'll just give it to you so we can all get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really remember that. But you know, Danny, I am curious with you. You do all things Bravo, but you dipped into the Bachelor world. Call it, call it the pandemic. Call it quarantine. I don't know. Like we were all doing things that were a little different. Um, <laughs> why did you decide to step in 
and and then step back out. <laughs> so yeah, you quickly. know, I think um, it was dur- early in the pandemic. I think the Bravo shows were kind of at a weird spot. Potomac had gotten pushed back. So we didn't have as many shows going in the Bravo world as we normally do. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the years, I had watched, I, Rachel, I think I told you I watched uh, most of your season and I watched the Jake Pavelka season. So I was like loosely aware of this, but not not the like extreme details of the world. Um, and so everyone has always said, well, you should do The Bachelor, do The Bachelorette or whatever. So I finally decided to, and it was fascinating. And people had told me this that wasn't a good season because it was a pandemic-filled season. I just felt claustrophobic there. And then there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in sort of the outside Bachelor world that I'm not familiar with the inner details of that, people were, you know, asking me about and all of this stuff. And it's like, I didn't feel smart enough to speak on it. To me, like the whole call for diversity and stuff, that's something that's also going on in the Bravo world, but uh, I, they're handled differently. And I don't even know how to explain that, but I just think they're handled differently. And so it just became, it was, it was intense. And then by the end, I'm like, okay, I'm over this. Like not, I don't want to say like, I'm over the, those conversations. I was just over like, the claustrophobia of the La Quinta. So you only watched Claire and Tasha's season, correct? You didn't continue with Matt's season? I didn't continue, no. Gotcha. No. And yeah, I, Do you I think- sort of come from, the, I, my brain I feel like is almost broken in a way where I, like these questions that were surrounding Bachelor Nation, when I de- decided to really dive in, I was sort of asking, I think Rachel and I had talked about this and like, wait, so you guys have done 40 some seasons and you've had hundreds of contestants and there's never been a gay person on? Like my brain doesn't compute that. Like I mm-hmm. I don't get it. And so, yeah, I, I just, I didn't get it. It's such a different world because it's a particular audience that's used to getting a, a particular product, you mm-hmm. know, a prototype of who the what the lead looks like, who they are, coming from the same background, area of the country, same religion. And when you step outside of it, you see the audience respond in not the best way. And so, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of been it's it's crazy. And it's not necessarily that same way for Bravo. So I think that that's there's the difference. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of complexities to it, which I'm sure you dipped into it. For example, having a friend named Hannah Brown and then people being upset that you had it was a Oh my God, it was oh, a whole thing, guy. Rachel. I mean, <laughs> I have I my friend, here? one of my best friends, her name is Hannah Brown and she's been on my show a million times. And I had had her on, like, I think it was after I started doing the Bachelorette recap. So I started to have some people who watch, who, who came from that world, listen to my show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my friend Hannah's here or whatever, who had, she had been on the show a million times, but this was her first time with that new sort of audience. And I was getting all these messages saying like, how dare you have her on? And I was like, what? Like at first I didn't even understand. And then people were sending me like links to this controversy. And I was like, I didn't even know this controversy exists. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I try to keep up with everything that's going on in the world of pop culture, but you know, it's impossible to keep up with everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, people were sending me like very angry DMs about having my friend on. And then I had to explain to people like, no, that, that was not that hand. That was a different Hannah. Can we talk about this? Because unless you're, and like Rachel and I always say, like, you know, unless somebody's really on the show or as a contestant or a lead or some way affiliated with the show, they don't understand, like, especially through social media, Bachelor Nation and the amount of hate and cruelty that is spread throughout. I think to anyone who probably is coming off the show, but even for you who was simply doing some Bachelor recaps, you started to see it a little bit. Like, is it... Okay, I've tried to explain this. So, um, like, side note, Emmanuel Ocho, who hosted After the Final Rose this year, um, him and I have formed a friendship and we've had a couple conversations about, like, you know, kind of what is Bachelor Nation like? And after I host this, what kind of, uh, like, feedback do you think I'm going to be receiving? And I told him, I was like, buckle up because... I don't think anyone can prepare themselves for the amount of hate and nastiness that people from Bachelor Nation who have been fans, um, and especially just like who can, you know, type whatever they want, whatever hate they want at their fingertips and hit send. Like you can't really fathom it until you start to see it. Were you blown away by the response for simply having a friend named Hannah Brown on your show? Yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of what I was alluding to is like, it it just became a lot. And 
And I don't know, especially at the time, I just wasn't necessarily like equipped to deal with it. You know, when I started that, I had been going through like a lot of health stuff in my personal life and it was the start of the pandemic. So there was like all this stuff going on. And like, that's just the last thing I have the like bandwidth to deal with in my life. Um, but in general, even in the world of Bravo or Housewives, it's like, I, I think I sort of used to be of the opinion like, oh, you're on TV. It's like something you sign up for. And now, now that I'm seeing it a little more closely, no one can ever be prepared to even just get one of those really nasty comments that you would mm -hmm. see online. And nowadays, there are so many different uh, portals for people to send that to. You can't just hop off Twitter. I mean, if people want, they can get a mean message to me or you or you if they want. They can do it through a podcast review. They could do it through an email address, through a PR person, through a, a Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, any fucking service they can find. They'll, mm -hmm, they'll find mm -hmm, a way to get mm -hmm. that message to you. And no human is equipped to deal with even just one of those. And usually when you get those mean messages, you, at least for me... And I don't get nearly the amount that, you know, you guys probably get for being on TV, but it's like, they don't teach you how to deal with that. And just because right. you're on TV, you're supposed to just say, okay, yeah, like I signed up for that. It's like, no, I didn't sign up to get this kind of mean thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, people so dehumanize you. Is it oh, safe ahead, to say you're taking a, a, a long-term break from The Bachelor World because of some of the, the crazy nastiness that was being spread out there. I mean, look, Bravo keeps me busy in general. And I like hopping around. I like doing a different show every once in a while. I did that Lindsay Lohan show. I recapped for a minute and it's mm -hmm. like, I'll, I'll hop in somewhere else. And so maybe one day if it's, you know, I, I try to go, which whatever is like going to interest me at the time. So mm -hmm. like, you know, I might pop back in or something, but it's just a lot. I mean, there's a, there's like a culture around bachelor nation in, the, in a similar way, there's a culture on Bravo. And I don't think many places on television or in the television landscape have those kind of fan bases. I mean, Bravo had a whole con, like a Bravo con where people mm -hmm. would gather. And it was, it was so much fun. But yeah, I, I find it's, it's a lot. I'm not great at dealing with any of that stuff, even within the Bravo world. It's hard for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. May I make a suggestion? If you come back, I think Paradise is your jam. I don't know how familiar you are with Paradise, but the beach, that it's like guys and girls, you never know who's coming down, who's going to, you're in this relationship, you think you're all great, and then someone comes in and steals them away, and I, it's just, a lot of I've people that. like that. Yeah. And there's more relationships to watch and to get invested in, like, the, it just, I think it was, well, yeah, it had to have been the last Paradise, which was now two summers ago, it was the first... Um, relationship where two women ended up getting engaged or actually did they get engaged did Demi get engaged yeah Demi yeah, got Demi, engaged Demi and, yeah where um, they were actually engaged so it's easier to get invested in more relationships it's not just like this one straight narrow track where it's like this guy talking about his feelings for all these different women or vice versa it's it's it has a different spin to it. It's it's a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more like uh, real life, if you will. Have you guys just gotten a tougher skin over the time since your since your initial time on the show, or does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of I I've always kind of had a thick skin. Like I come from a family where we joke and riff on one another. Where you gotta have thick skin to be able to hang in the family. That, but honestly, just being a black woman, uh, being a lawyer in a male-dominated field, then going into sports, it's like I've always had to be able to hold my own. But like you said, nothing can prepare you for this world. I think for me, it's like I was 31 when I came in. I have my friends and my family, my core, who ground me, uh, keep me humble, check me if I start acting any other way. And that's who I constantly go to and get validation from rather than the people who, um, you know, follow me or who don't. And I think that's the thing. I don't value my worth within those people. And that's really helped me as well. And also just the logic of if you're going to accept the praise, you got to accept the criticism too. Right. It's a balancing act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it, very weird balancing act because, you know, for me, like coming from Minnesota, 
I feel like for the most part, you hear the Minnesota nice. You're not used to, at least for me, I came from like, I had maybe four or 500 followers on Instagram to go from that to a, a million plus. It's just, you're so inundated with any sort of feedback or criticism or comments. Like it's just, it, it was very overwhelming at first. And now, you know, because we've been out of the show for a few years, it's, we've just grown more used to it, but I just, I think for me, the people that are going to, especially the ones who are really nasty and cruel, it's like, at the end of the day, like, that that reflects so much more on who you are as a person than what you're saying I am. Um, it's weird. Like, sometimes it's in a sad way. Like, I kind of find some of the responses or the the DMs funny because I'm like, really? Like, you had yeah, to like go there and say such an absurd, yeah. absurd thing. It's just, it's crazy. The ones that, like, there are some, they're few and far between that get to me that are more like, um, they bring my family into it or they talk about my dad who has been, you know, deceased now for a decade, like bringing him into it and being like, he would be so disappointed and you know, he's probably rolling over in his grave. Stuff like that where I'm like, okay, that's not okay. And now at this point, I've gotten, I told Rachel this last week, my give a shit level is like, zero at this point yeah. that I'm just that like I'll just put them on blast and just put them on like I won't even like hide their face or their name on Instagram I'll just put it on my story and be like well if you're gonna dish it you might as well be yeah. able to take it so yeah I've been popping off for such a long time I almost kind of like feed off of it sometimes I'm like mm-hmm. you know what I'm just gonna say something that's gonna get people folks all riled up yeah yeah, yeah. Um, by the way though I really have to go back to that last season I did watch at the La Quinta Inn and I did enjoy a lot <laughs> of it so I don't want it to seem like I hated it because there was a lot of it I mean I loved the Claire portion of it the most because I thought it was just so very unhinged in in reality <laughs> TV sort of world and I fell in love with Kenny like I follow him on Instagram still I don't know do we like him do we like, <laughs> so, Kenny? like Kenny it was because of you that I learned about the the images. Ooh. Oh yeah, his Kenny's naked pictures yeah. are beautiful. It's like <laughs> holding, the, holding the cock. You know <laughs> what I mean? Well, it was at, I mean, I I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I like immediately ran to Google, and then it's I fell art. asleep, and I woke up the next day, and I looked at like I was trying to Google something, and I was like, oh my god, thank God nobody was behind me because it was just <laughs> Kenny and his dick. Just like, <laughs> to this day, like, to this day, Kenny and I will still DM if I ever see like a rooster in a store or like a, you know, like they have like the rooster like cookie holder yeah. things. Like if I ever see one now, I just DM him any any kind of cock I see. Like the other day I was looking at a home and I was, I was on the third floor balcony and I looked down and this person had just like chickens roaming in their backyard. And so I just like did the super zoom of the chicken real quick. But yeah, we like Kenny. Kenny's okay. Kenny is I, so sweet. He's mm-hmm. just so gorgeous. And he's very, I think he lives in Chicago. And I, mm-hmm. he's the only one, I think, besides Rachel, you. I, you know, there's not a lot of people from The Bachelor world that I follow on Instagram, but I follow him. And he seems like a nice Chicago boy, like the kind of guy I would have liked growing up. Like, I, I don't know. I get that impression from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally like him. Speaking of impressions, you do several of them on the show. Now, I have to know which one's your favorite. And I pray that it's it's mine. And if it's not, I'm so I'm gonna ask you to do it anyway. You know, the impressions are I don't I feel like I'm a terrible impression of uh, impressionist that's, and maybe that's why people like them. But um, the Luann one is fun because it? it's she's it's just the cookie monster. You know, she can say love It's really it's terrible. Like it's I sound like the cookie monster. Or people say like Grover from Sesame Street or Yoda and uh, it's, it's terrible. Like, every time you do Luann, and I was praying that was the one that you said, I cackle out loud. Like, it never gets old to me. It's always unexpected. It's not, Becca, you got to listen to Luann and then remember this impression that he just did. It's funny um, that you say that because uh, I was just uh, recapping, like, the the Real Houses of New York trailer that came out. And so I hadn't done that Luann impression in a while. And so I, I did it in this episode I did. And later, like, my boyfriend was talking to me, and I'm just like, oh, I don't really want to talk now. Like, I was I'm being so dramatic. Like, oh, my voice is really tired or something. <laughs> He's like, what's wrong? I was like, I was, you know, doing Luann earlier. And it was like, I just, like, came back from war or something. Like, it's like I can't speak. Jamie, I will say, I just listened to your most recent podcast where you you recapped the, the Roni trailer. And just listening to that clip... Uh, uh, of what is to come. I mean, and I, I, I hate to admit this, and Rachel knows, I have to get caught up on Real Housewives. I used to be a huge fan back in the day. I kind of hopped off the bandwagon for a little bit, but that, I think you just I'm sounded hooked. so Minnesota right there. I, did, bandwagon, bandwagon or what did you? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I know I'm with a fellow Midwesterner. It just comes uh, out. You hop back um, in with New York. It's the best. Yeah. No, no. Well, no, no, no. That, and that, I will say that trailer. And then I watched it actually. So I listened to it and then I watched it and I was like, I'm sold. Sign me up. What nights does it air? Because I'm going to be at Rachel's place watching it. Come. It's so, <laughs> it's, it's so, this um, is going to be our new thing. I can't. And those women are like that in real life. Like having been out around them, I, it's, it's a joy to watch. I, didn't I tell you, Danny, that Sa- Sonia tried to invite herself to my bachelorette party? Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do I, cabaret. She wanted me to hire her to do cabaret to come to Costa Rica. And you said no. Why? I wasn't going to pay her for that. I wasn't going to pay her. She oh wouldn't my show gosh. up. Uh, we I would twerk her come and f- another fake bachelorette party just so she can come and do this, please. <laughs> I I would do it in New York. Yes, like hire her. If you're to listening, come to I would hire you for a cabaret show, and it doesn't even need to be a bachelorette party, right? We'll just do it on a Friday night. <laughs> oh yeah, gosh. exactly. Um, Sonia, I, I think the New York women—they all just feel real. It does. I mean, yeah. they feel like. Wait, I should say they feel like cartoons that are not scripted. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Becca, you have to watch it. If you had to give an elevator pitch to someone who doesn't watch Bravo shows, what is it that you would say to them to reel them in? Well, or maybe real- who've lost their way, like Becca. She's mm-hmm. lost her way. Bring her back. Really back in. For the real house, I'd say still, unfortunately, in 2021, it's one of the only places on television, scripted or otherwise, that we're going to see women who are in marriages, getting out of marriages, working, starting businesses, uh, sending kids off to school, having children. Uh, You know, the whole human experience, unfortunately, is not represented. I could turn on HBO and yes, once in a while, there's a great miniseries like Big Little Lies or something like that. But for the most part... Bravo's the only network that is giving us these three-dimensional portrayals of women over 40 um, or mm-hmm. over 50, over 60. Ramona's in her 60s now, I think. And yeah. she's still a very sexual person and she's still a vibrant in ways that uh, scripted seems to not show us. And other yeah. reality TV shows tend to uh, focus on the younger demographic. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes we get some young, you know, there's young people that are relatable and are sort of entry points into the series if they're like sometimes 30 years old or something like that. But then I really think the shows thrive by showing that older demographic. Which I have a great question because I don't know if you've seen this and it has yet to start. I, I believe they're in the middle of casting for this, but they actually are starting a new Bachelor series that is, I think, for people 60 and older 55 and older so it's a uh, you know a more mature audience more mature um that's smart of people who will be dating i mean i personally would love to sign my mother up for it but is that something that you could jump on board with oh yeah is it going to be like official bachelor or is it like yeah oh see i i think that's great i think they should do more of that you know speaking of the gay thing it's like i don't understand why one cycle can't just be a gay cycle like you could we don't have to get rid of any of the regular bachelor bachelorettes but let's throw in some old people let's throw in some lesbian or whatever it Mm -hmm. is just uh add them in there we're doing all these cycles let's get some new stuff going and in terms of like the older um the older demographic i love I think a lot of young people love watching stuff like the Golden Girls because um, they're they're still going through the same human experience that we all are. And we want to see that, I think. I think for some reason, there's this idea that young people aren't interested in an older demographic. But I, I think audiences actually are, and we're just not presented that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, especially, I mean... I mean, I turned 30 last year and I just, and I've said this to Rachel, I think every time we recap a season, like it's so hard for me to start to relate now to women who are 22, 23, 24 on the show and who are just, it's, it's starting to skew a little bit younger now. And so I totally am with you in like, especially when, you know, people have lived a full life and have gone through so many different, so many more experiences um, and just bring such a unique set and like skill and mindset to the table i think is so much Mm -hmm. more interesting um so i'm with you right yeah i want to see it yeah we will it's happening Mm -hmm. starting with old bachelor i shouldn't say it that way um seasoned bachelor Mm -hmm. they're seasoned i don't even know what they're calling it to be honest 
I'll, I'll watch the shit out of that. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm more, I'm more, that's more interesting to me than just like the one. I mean, I, the Claire season, I watched that whole, the whole first five episodes. She was, I'm 39. It was like this big thing that she's there. And like, she, it 39 is. is not even old. Like, why are we acting right. like that's something crazy? Be- because I was the oldest before Claire at that's 31 crazy. coming in. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's the world. There was a season where there was a 31 year old or 30 year old and they were calling her grandma. Oh That's God. the mindset of this show. So it's, it, and it hasn't evolved at all. I mean, slowly now, but in the last 19 years. Mm-hmm. You know, Paramount Plus just started the uh, the challenge. They have like an all-stars version. So I don't know if you ever watched that MTV show, The Challenge. It, it started like a mm-hmm. hundred years ago, but I now they have way. a seat. Yeah, it, it's still really good, but now they have a new season that's all of those people from back in the day that we used to watch or that I used to watch um, when I was a teenager in the first episode, I had like a serotonin boost just seeing these people like there's still there's a couple of contestants over 50 and they're still very athletic. They're still very uh, entertaining on television. And, uh, you know, I think it's great in the original real world rebooted, too. And those are conversations that they're having in the reboot are way more interesting than some of these conversations we've seen a million times with people who are 29 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems way more superficial. You guys are just giving me so many lists of TV shows that I have to binge. There's a lot out there. (laughs) And Andy Cohen, who we all know and love, has his new series coming out. Um, Reality TV for real or something like that. Uh, The History of Reality TV. A documentary series. And that's so good, too. I mean, I I eat all this stuff up. So I love seeing all like the behind the scenes. And and Andy's the best. And so speaking of Andy, he was on your podcast. Was that just an absolute dream come true for you? Yeah, it was so cool. Uh, Talking to him about all the housewife stuff was really great. But then um, also talking about him being like a public figure and being a father as a public figure, I Mm -hmm. think is really impactful because growing up I never saw that on TV anywhere like a gay man who was so public mm-hmm. um with his son so that was really fascinating and and he's also a talk show junkie I love talk shows and so I don't know I I, I think he's really smart and um I'm grateful for all that he's given us obviously so I, it was really exciting yeah I I like love him I'm such well, an what I loved is that he's a fan of you and I think that's pretty, that's got to be pretty cool and reassuring of the work that you do, you know, to know that like Andy Cohen, who, what do they call him on bitch, bitch sesh, bitch oh, yeah, sesh, um, uh, our Lord and Savior. No, is yeah, it, something, they call like, that? Yeah, they call something yeah. along those lines. <laughs> Their I mean, adjectives with, likes that. With, I like with that. June. Um, I'm mixing that, whatever they call her too. But um, yeah, I haven't listened to them in a while, but. I just forgot what they call her. We love, yeah, they're the best too. You know, Bitch Sesh was the first, uh, I went to their first live show. So it's weird to me. I've always been a fan of this world. And even them, I had them on my show too over the summer, Casey and Danielle. And it was so exciting to me because uh, I I went to their live show as just a fan of theirs and a fan of this world. And uh, it was like a rock concert, that first live show they ever did. It was like the most incredible thing ever. (laughs) And now you do your own live shows. Awesome. I know it's wild. Yeah. yeah, it's wild. Who have you? Who has made you the most nervous having done your podcast? Like, is there anyone where? Because I've I've definitely fangirled on our podcast, especially last year. We had yes. some um, yeah. singers when Bachelor had a, a spinoff. Listen to your heart series. Um, so who? For Which you, I heard was wild, and I need to get into that because the whole concept of listen to your heart just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was fun. Well, and they just brought on so many incredible musical guests as judges that like that was the really cool part too. Yeah. Um, I was really nervous. Uh, I had Cameron Diaz on and I get nervous with everyone over this Zoom situation because I'm a one man band and I'm always just thinking the technology is going to fuck up and I'm just going to lose a whole interview or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was really just, I wanted that to go perfectly. And, and I just, I grew up watching her and loving her. So she was special and, um, and Andy was really great. I'm trying to think of, there's been so many, uh, before the sort of shutdown, Jennifer Love Hewitt was on my show too. And I oh, had her poster on my wall when I was growing up. And so that was wild. She like came in, she was in my kitchen recording. Oh, and I was like, this is just a weird, it it, it was a weird uh, thing. You're like, is, this, is you know, David after Dennis, where he's like, is this real life? Yeah. I know <laughs> yeah. people might be rolling their eyes or whatever. Cause it's, you know, she's not necessarily like a list or anything now, but. 
yeah, I had her poster on my wall as a teen. And I, I thought I was in love with her. Turns out I was in love with like her co-stars, Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Listen, I we just... have a 90s love over here. So you're yeah. in good company. We get okay. it. Wait, who yeah, is? Look, okay, if... so I want to know your 90s crushes. Oh, God. Um, Devin Sawa. Oh, because I loved him. In, is that his name? I loved him yeah. in Casper. And um, now and then. Mm-hmm. Oh, now and then. I wasn't allowed to watch now and then, so I had you to weren't? sneak and watch. There were so many movies. That was the one up. where they put the the putting in the balloons, right, and then put them in their bra. Yes, I was. I was just talking to my girlfriend about that movie because she had never day. seen it. So I'm trying to describe like the movie, and basically, I'm like, "There's just like one scene that you have to watch." Um, but it do you guys so remember good. the Hanson brothers? Oh yeah, like yeah. I, 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 no, 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 no not Hanson. Yeah, no, Zach Hanson. Though I don't know what it was. I still have the Hanson shirt that I wear. I like wore it to the airport pre-COVID, and I had I think like six women my age around their early 30s um stopped me asking where they could buy it and i'm like this is vintage 1996 from the cd store at the burdensville mall thanks guys no yeah no not hansen it brandon adams that's who i was looking up brandon adams he was in mighty ducks um wait who was he in mighty ducks because i was a huge mighty ducks fan jesse Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a bunch of this movie, yeah. Polly, that I loved, which was the black version of Pollyanna. It's so like nobody's uh, seen it, I swear, but me. <laughs> um, yeah, he was so my crush. So my crush, Brandon Adams. Yes, yes. Oh, that's who it was. I, I also had a weird obsession with, I don't know his real name, but uh, Savage Garden. Oh, yeah. Like I, the truly I, I, madly da- deeply um, singer. Darren oh. Hay- is Darren Hayes? Am I? Wait, yeah. I want to stand with you on a mountain. We did. I love when Danny sings. We um, we did. Uh, we had like a 90s playlist jam the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, I'm telling you. We just keep going on and on about Some way, this. somehow. <laughs> right, right. Um, I remember MTV. We talked about MTV oh. before, but they used to do the, like their spring break coverage where like there wouldn't oh, be yes. a a blouse in sight on the men. Like they were always topless and just, they would do like whipped cream bikini contests and stuff like that. And for my young impressionable eyes, it was just so overwhelming at the time. <laughs> Those people were the, I mean, the hosts were the coolest back in the day. And then it's like, we don't see them at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I so wanted to be at spring break. Rachel, by the way, my boyfriend, he is obsessed with your show on MTV, like obsessed with it. He's like, you have to tell Rachel that I love oh, her show. Ghosted? Yeah, he loves Ghosted. Yeah. Please, yes, please tell him thank you. Maybe yeah, we'll get a it. season three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny, we could talk to you on and on and on, but unfortunately, we have to let you go. So mm-hmm. it's been a treat. Well, long overdue. Yes. Thank you. It was my pleasure. It was so nice meeting you, Becca and Rachel. It was so nice to see you. Thank you for having me. Okay, Danny. Also, I will say, I'm going to get caught up. You've been an absolute pleasure to chat with. I'm going to continue to listen to that calming, soothing voice of yours. I promise I will not fall asleep during the podcasts. Um, But yeah, once I'm caught up, we, the three of us are getting together. We're rehashing all that we see on Roni. Please, I'm getting vaccinated, so come on by. We all live in the same neighborhood. And when Roni starts, you'll both come on my show and do a recap, whether you yes. like it or not. Okay, love you, back. <laughs> <laughs> love you, back. Love, love you, Danny. Take care. He is such a pleasure. Danny is uh, fantastic. You, and Well, you know what's fun is we always have only people on who obviously are just so infiltrated with the world of Bachelor Nation that it's really refreshing even though i have no idea what's going on right now in the real in the world of real housewives to have somebody bring a fresh take for a new show that i can now binge watch right he is a pop culture savant Mm -hmm. he knows all things about everything like he is pop-up video personified and so that's that makes it like so much more so much more rich it's like he does the podcast by himself and talks for 45 minutes mm -hmm. there is such an art like a skill level that it very few can do Mm -hmm. that can do that and entertain you and make you laugh he's like uh who regina or um Oh, no, no. He's like Gretchen from from Mean Girls, where they say like her hair is so big because it's so full of secrets. But he just like is so full of all things reality TV. And I will yeah. say like after getting caught up on his last few episodes on his podcast, I kept thinking like, oh, are they going to bring somebody on? Are they going to bring somebody on? And he just does it. And the fact that he 
can talk and and as you said just know so much and is so well versed in it i was like damn he's incredible yeah. and it's been going on for such a long time so yeah it really does take some skill and um i can't wait to actually sit down once i'm caught up and uh, chat with him again once i i actually have more of a take on what he's talking yeah. about what he's passionate about so you did good though you did very well for not knowing bravo i i mean i you, yeah, I'm trying. I, I'm yeah. gonna keep pushing for that Real Housewives of, of I the see Midwest. It in your future. I see <laughs> a Bravo fanatic in your future. Oh, she's gonna come out. It has been an absolute blast as always. I love having you on. I missed you, and I'm gonna keep saying that to all of our Bachelor Happy Hour listeners. Thank you guys again for hanging out with us. A huge thank you to Danny for stopping by. And you guys, don't forget you can keep writing to us, letting us know your thoughts and who you want to continue to have on as guests to listen to you know where to find us by now but if not you can find us at bachelor happy hour on instagram and at batch happy hour on facebook and twitter and as always if you never want to miss another episode please subscribe to us you can find us on apple podcasts spotify the wondery app or wherever you're listening right now bye guys bye Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secrets number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. I've been wearing their demi bra literally every day this week. It is so comfortable and looks great underneath all different styles of clothing. It's available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 different styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest-growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal this winter has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order.